We'd do a little bit of school and a little bit of fooling around together. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight is episode 118, entitled Ben Davidson. Many people go through life wondering if they will ever stand out. Ben sets himself apart from the crowd in so many ways. He's a quiet leader, an excellent and diverse musician, an advanced mathematician, obedient and responsible son, and great friend to many. Now, if he could prioritize his time a bit better, well, we'll leave that discussion to Chris. Pull up a chair at the table and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all our social media, and if you can, give us a five-star review. Jay, what is specifically is this podcast about? No matter who you are, at some point in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great, but you feel alone, they're not as good as they could be. And if things are bad and you're alone, well, things just got so much worse. There is a Bible verse, Romans twelve fifteen, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is all about. Each week we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model rejoicing and mourning. We then hit the main topic and finish with some do-betters and can't-do-betters as well. So while it may not be 1215 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Lunchtime in Rome! Hi, fellas. Chris is back. What's up, Chris? It We're is, all back. It is so good to be back. Yeah, this right. And I was gone, I think, a week or two before that, too. So One week. Yeah. I Luke can't count. Kate. Very well. anti-Luke and Kate. I'm not the mathematician my son is, but we'll get into that. And everything's just been even keel for you. Oh, absolutely. This has been... Nothing going on. <laughs> no, I have very um, high and low mm. uh, emotional you know, roller coaster for, for my goods and bads this mm. week. Well, first of all, the first good I want to recognize is that Ben is on tonight, and that is just... Um, That's your boy? I'm sure, right? And I'm sure it'll come out several times during the podcast tonight but i'm just so proud of him and the young man he has become and 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 we'll we'll save the rest of it but i'm just very very glad that you were here That's ben it's kind of a spoiler alerts yeah he's people were bo- thinking it was kind of hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry guys he's a good boy okay well and, and it's interesting now because the three of us um you me and jay have all had our sons on right and it is amazing to sit across like we've been doing this podcast for 118 episodes now and it's amazing to sit across from your flesh and blood and know that you're about to engage in a conversation where you might learn some things or you might get a different perspective of of that kid that you think you know so well you know so anyways um i'm, I'm so glad you're here ben i'm glad to be here but chris please yeah so that's my first good. My my second good is we leave on our big summer vacation tomorrow. Yay! Uh, it's it's like the Griswold or the uh, you know National Lampoons thing. We're going all over the place. We we start by traveling north to Titusville. Heard of it? Canada. Yeah, <laughs> almost. It's it's pretty close. About halfway to Canada. And um, <laughs> after a couple of days visiting my mom there, we we turn around and, and travel south to North Carolina. And um, it's just it's glorious. The idea that we are we're we're spending two weeks this year 
and just melting into beach vacation Mm -hmm. you know so we it's just i can't wait to have that to let things sort of slide Mm -hmm. off me and just know that here i am and i'm not going anywhere for two weeks and i can't deal with all the the things i just need to have a release yes just i my job is to enjoy myself so that's Mm -hmm. the good the bad today man was a a super stressful day and i don't want to go into all all the details it would take too long but not only is it like vacation prep day, which can be really fun, but can also be just a lot of busyness and running around and packing and getting last minute things done. And did you, you know, did you, did you check on this? Did you check on that? Do we have everything set for the pets? Do we have this? You know, that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of, of that. And I've tried to be real organized this year. I have, um, two lists. I have a main like list and then a secondary list of things that I can pull from if I have, you know, time or if I need. A- anyway, I'm organized. It's not mm-hmm. that. But I sort of piled a lot onto today that mm-hmm. I should have realized, right? You know, taking it, dribs and drabs a couple of days earlier, a couple yes. weeks earlier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like everything from I got my hair cut today, not a big deal, mm-hmm. and yet it took an hour of my day that I'm like, oh man, I gotta get stuff done. Um, so you know that there was that, and then there was also um, we had a guy, a landscaping guy, come out. And we had this um, meeting set up for weeks. And a few weeks ago, this day seemed like it would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Well, today, man, I was constantly, you know, I'm trying to focus on what he's saying and what we're trying to, to, to discuss with him. And then mm-hmm. my mind is elsewhere and frantic and getting more frantic by the hour. And so it was, it was one of those days, unfortunately. It's a bummer because it kind of sounds like an Amy Hammond because... It's only bad because of what's good. Right. Like, oh, we get to go on this two-week vacation. Oh, I'm so stressed. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But yet, it is stressful. And it is, you know, and you get so mad at yourself when you're like, I'm being organized. I made my list. Mm-hmm. I've budgeted everything. Wrong. Right. I budgeted everything. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Except I, maybe the time. I love the anticipation of it. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm the person that, like... I enjoy the travel time too. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to be, t- like I said, we're going up to Titusville for a couple of days. Then we are basically taking a day and a half to get down to the Outer Banks. That's not stressful. Like I love well, that time. Some people hate remember, the travel time. Love just, it. Just remember that minivan that you have. Just uh, let go of the wheel. It drives itself, right? <laughs> oh wait, that's, uh, no, a, that's, that's a Tesla. Yeah, I got to oh, remember that you're not taking. But that, that minivan's been ne- near the it's, Tesla enough. It has to have learned. It can drive itself. Just let go. Go to sleep. You, you don't know. have to take the charger for the van. It's true. I can't. Well. I cannot forget the charger for the van. So that's maybe also true. Yeah. But I did actually, I was driving the van the other day, I forget where on the highway and I had cruise control on and I forgot that it wasn't like the adaptive cruise control that'll keep you so far mm-hmm. from the vehicle in front right. of you. And I was like creeping up, creeping up and not really thinking about it. I was like, oh yeah, that mm, not we're quite fine. as smart we're as that fine. Tesla. Yeah. Huh? And then I'm yeah. like, uh, you know what? I'm getting a little close. <laughs> oh yeah. I have to actually control this myself. Right. So, so much yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> and real quick, my food. Cooked up some awesome barbecue chicken breasts tonight. Nice. My first attempt at breasts with the uh, with the uh, new thermometer. Mm-hmm. So it went surprisingly well. Boneless, skinless, I assume. No. Oh, you went okay. You went bone in. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, I went the full hmm. the full thing, and um, medium heat. Watched the temp. Pulled it off at one sixty five juiciest things i i I honestly i i had switched to like thighs and legs because i was like breasts are always too dry right i think i actually figured it out 
Like, I didn't even have to put barbecue sauce on. I had my dry rub on, and I was just going to play it by ear as to how much sauce I needed. Didn't need a bit. Nice. Yeah. Saved a few few sugar calories Crispy there. skin? Um, It was, yes, crispy skin and not burned. Like, it really cooked, like, perfectly. Like, it was, like, easy. And I don't, like, it, I'm not, it wasn't skill on my part. It was just really <laughs> easy. So... Dumb I'm, luck, then. I guess. Nah, it was skill. You got the thermometer in there. You, you just, you're just learning to feel the grill. Yeah. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, um, you know, on the one hand, it's all good. Uh, it's just been real busy. Uh, we are, and I think I, I talked about this before, we have to get the foundation fixed in our house um, for only $30,000. And one of the things we're doing is ripping off our porch so that it doesn't cost $32,000 because they have to rip it off if we don't. Mm. And so we spent since Saturday is when I started doing it. And I finished it this morning um, because we're dog sitting and I didn't want a bunch of nails and stuff lying around. Um, but it was a lot of work. I uh, bought a nice brand new uh, reciprocating saw. Mm. Um, Those are had, great. Had a few kickbacks, which is always nice. Yep. Um, but... It's just exhausting because I'm doing everything else in my life as well. And, you know, this golf course isn't going to maintain itself. So we've got to do some work there, too. And that's exciting. And that's good. Definitely not graduation season. Nope. Nope. Don't have a graduation party on Saturday that we've got to get ready for. So, of course, we're dog sitting. So right. why wouldn't we for a day yeah. or two? Um, but that's what's good. And what's bad is the other end of that, which is just, just tired. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, we're just worn out every day. And... I mean, obviously, I've been building a disc golf course. We've been, you know, we had a great time doing a lot of disc golf. Um, but I'm just getting more. I never get bit by bugs. Never, 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 never. Like, Rachel will be outside, you know, campfire or whatever, and she will look like somebody shot her with a paintball gun with all the mosquito bites. Nothing. And besides my tick bite from whatever it was now, two months ago, and I did pull a teeny tiny baby tick off me the Ooh. other night, um, I just get these weird bug bites like they're not ticks but they're just crazy so i mean it's just a weird season probably cicadas well i, I mean, figured it out it's also good you're not a hypochondriac no not at all they're carnivores oh, they can sense they're attracted what the blood. is in your blood now that is it that is Chris, very that's smart the nail on the head that is very smart very smart so and food I, i'm gonna go for a twofer and you've alluded to one but i'm gonna go with the other which is for father's day which was a great day uh, my family got me a sous vide oh there uh, you go a wand i guess is the way you use your own pot eric's got the souped up model with everything else but this is, it works perfectly you just fill a pot with water and it clamps on the side so i'm pretty excited about that i've already done some pork chops and i did a uh, flat iron uh, steak I could have both of them. I could have left in maybe another hour or so, but and I had a little leakage, Eric, on the bag uh, with the pork chops because uh, you do a vacuum seal, and so water got in there, and mm. I had to take them out, do it again, and everything else. But you know, what are we going to do? But the other is how was you the chops? Chops I did four hours. Probably could be a little more. Is that minimum, right? Yeah, yeah. Eric says that's a minimum of four. I thought you did a solid four. I didn't know it was more. You minimum, would do more. Minimum four minimum. Mm. Yeah. See? But here's what's exciting. So graduation party for Joe is this coming Saturday, and we're doing a little different method where I'm putting all the good food out first, but not a crap ton of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, enough, like a pork shoulder, uh, you know, so. Like Jesus and then, at the wedding where they put out the fine wine first. First. That's yes. biblical. Right. It's biblical. I mean, That's why I'm doing it that you're way. You're such a holy man. But then we're going to have a crap ton of burgers and dogs. 
that if the other stuff gets gone, then about six o'clock or so, we'll go ahead and put out the burgers and the dogs because you can freeze those if you have extra. Nobody wants eight pounds of pasta or whatever left over. So I was going to do two pulled pork shoulders and a brisket as far as the smoked items. But I thought, ah, but see, now that's way too much pulled pork. So now I'm going a pulled pork shoulder, a brisket, which I bought, which is actually, and this is really what this podcast is all about. You can buy a brisket flat or a full brisket. The brisket flat gets out dry. It's the top cut of the brisket. And it's hard to cook. It gets dried out real quick. There's not a lot of fat. Well, it was more expensive than the full brisket. And the full brisket was prime. Hmm. So it's prime brisket. It's the prime cut of beef. Where did you buy it? Sam's. Okay. So I then added a sirloin tip roast instead of the second pulled pork. That I'm going to cook in the sous vide. Nice. I got to cut it in half to get it in the bags, but I'm gonna, so I'm going to make two of them. Maybe actually that you say that. He asked me if I wanted to use his, and I very well may. Uh, or else I could just use a bigger pot. Point of story is this: shave it down, make like a beef, uh, like almost like a Philly steak sandwich of the brisket. No, of the sirloin tip. Oh, it okay. sounds delicious. I, can I just say I am so impressed that you are even undertaking cooking all of this for Joe's graduation uh, party. Going to Mohan's and getting the party pack. Well, we still That's have, you what know, I'm what's doing. What's so funny is I just realized tonight, I'm like, crap, I forgot to order the chicken that nobody will eat and be dried out by the time they eat it. I'll eat that which, Mohan's which is chicken, but not if you're making all that stuff. Well, we get lots of stuff. Well, I'm, am, so, I, am I coming and, to that? And people keep saying, I don't know. I don't know. People keep saying to me, like, how many people are you expecting? I'm like, I, I don't know. And you're and all invited. Whatever. No, stop wait. by. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, there's food and then there's no food. Whatever. Just bring a check. <laughs> so that's my story and i'm sticking to it brian great um so my good would be disc golf mm, you mm, mm. i organized one of the best disc, disc golf trips ever <laughs> <laughs> last week the reason we, we didn't do the podcast was because um several of us went on a um, a three-day excursion where we played what five courses in three days mm, four and then a nine yeah hole. it's a crappy course yeah it's terrible but and no, but but Jay organized an amazing, um, amazing event, amazing week, couple days, um, from the activities to where we stayed, and I kind of joined last minute, so the joke became Brian, way to go, way to organize this. But no, I mean it Couldn't was it was fantastic. Um, everybody in in this room on this podcast tonight went, and um, just what an amazing time. Um, much needed. Um, even though I've been away a couple times and, you know, I've already been on vacation once. Still um, coming down off your West Palm beach. Yeah. Yeah. Know, like, stuff. but, but no, it, it was amazing. And again, give you props. It was just, it was such a great experience in, in a lot of different ways. Um, who knew that Warren, Ohio could be so who fulfilling, knew? who knew, you know? And if you want, if you if you're interested, Jay can give you the blue pl- blueprint for a great time, where to stay, what to do. Um, the house we stayed at was just unbelievable. The way I, I explained to people when they said, "How was your trip?" I said, "I don't know that I've had a trip that I had that high of expectations on, mm-hmm. and then the time exceeded those mm-hmm. expectations." Oh yeah, really? Because you know you could be discriminating with your expectations and and things, so you, it exceeded it. I'm my own biggest critic. You are. I'm not Warren, Ohio slash Mosquito Lake slash Boardman Park beat up person guy. Right. Like I, I don't beat them up. I beat myself up. Right. So, but the house was amazing. Like like as much as we disc, as much as we had fun, and I mean we we had a 
a restaurant experience that was less than stellar. We waited forever <laughs> for, for, for dinner. I mean, they were short staffed, just like everybody else in the world is trying to hire people and keep a business going right now. It was anarchy and chaos. Um, you know, I, I feel bad for people trying to run a business right now. I really, really do because it's, it's nobody wants to work. And we kind of experienced it, that with our one, um, our one dinner night. It'd be a good restaurant. It would be a good anarchy restaurant. Anarchy and chaos. Anarchy and chaos. So when things go wrong, you're like, what'd you expect? That would have been the, uh, <laughs> yes. We'd have been like, well, it's what we get. Not well, up the creek. I mean, that's that's a close second. <laughs> that is true. That was the name <laughs> that of the place. That was the name of the place. <laughs> kind of a close second. Oh, Preston, our waiter. Um, but so I think my bad would be. So Chris is away for the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm I'm leading worship at church, and yeah, it's tough. Well, and and so we're we're. Every, like we're trying to we're trying to find a bass player um this coming week i i was planning on playing the bass and somebody else was going to play the guitar and i was going to play the bass and sing and i was really looking forward to it and um then you know for whatever reason the person that that could not play the that was going to play the acoustic backed out and it was like i, I practiced you know i was like oh, i'm gonna play the bass and i'm gonna sing and this is cool because i'd never done it before and i was really looking forward would that to be it. difficult i would think um, it would be difficult it, it was, well, I practiced a bunch, you know, and I think for me, like, practice is a huge thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, know, it's certainly different. Kind of like, taking the, yeah, because, like, you, you're playing different notes. Like, if you're used to strumming an acoustic guitar, the bass is, you know, yeah. individual notes. Because the acoustic and, is you on autopilot, kind of, you right, know, like that's, right. yeah. But then, like, I'm, I'm playing it, and then I'm also like, well, in this song, I have to do harmony, mm. you know? And then, so, you're, like, you're trying to do harmony playing an instrument that you, I would think you would start scatting in the middle of <laughs> well but, but like so my part of part of this is like I spent a good portion of my Monday night like practicing I was like I got like I'm gonna be able to do this and I'm, I'm excited about this and then it didn't it didn't happen and and so that's fine mm. you know that's fine that's that's the way life is and so I still get to you know play on Sunday plays you know do what I love to do and um, you know we had a great practice last night and you know, it's it's fine, but like you, you have that, you just have this picture in your mind, like oh, this is gonna be great, and then it, you know it changes. So if that's my bad, I'm doing right. pretty well, you know. And yet it is frustrating, mm. and I, you know, I feel that for you. Yeah, like appreciate just that. the that all that practice time and right. the yeah, right. Because we do. We, I'll speak as a team, as a as a worship team. We put mm. a lot of time and prep into things and. Mm-hmm. And you, to, you, you know, specifically, well, no, you do. I'm not looking for that. But. Well, I'm not. Uh, you're not asking for it, and I'm, but you do. Um, my food would probably be. I think I'm like in an interesting phenomenon right now. Like um, my wife Alexis, you guys are most of you. Well, Jay and Eric are doing carnivore. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy Hammond is doing carnivore. Um, my wife Alexis has started carnivore. She's been on it for about two weeks now, um, and I've been eating pretty pretty lean even i don't know probably for the past five or six months before carnivore and watching you guys do it and now that she's on it like i've i've, I've not full carnivore by any means right but I've, I've definitely started to eat a little bit more lean having much more meat and protein and cheese and you know things like that and somehow i feel like when i step on the scale i'm like why am i at like 194 because like i was down to 186 um a couple months ago mm-hmm. and well, do you know the answer? Well, my I think I'm gaining more muscle because I've also been like exercising and walk. What's what's the answer, Jay? <laughs> well, if you're not if you don't go full carnivore or you know full keto or whatever your high fat low uh, carb diet switch is, 
is your body still burning whatever carbs you're giving it. So you're adding more fat to your diet and your body looks at fat, which is hard to burn and goes, hmm. And then it looks over at the sugar slash carbs and goes, oh, we'll just burn that instead. So when you go full for about a two week period, your whole system flips Mm -hmm. and you begin to burn the fat and there are no carbs to burn. But I'm really not even eating carbs. Like, I'm not even really eating carbs at all. Some little bit of bread, you know? Okay. Okay. (laughs) That would be a carb. It is a carb. Right. So your body's burning that. Sure. But compared to where I was, like, I don't know, six months ago when I was just... Well, I'm not saying it's bad what you're doing. I'm just saying that's why you're not finding yourself losing the weight. Okay. Well, but I also think I'm building muscle. Like, that's what I'm telling myself. Well, I'm not discounting that. You're a very large man. (laughs) I am... Making gains. That's what but that is say. frustrating when you're like, I'm eating better and gaining yeah. weight. Oh, that sucks. But but it's also not like uh, you know, I'm not like, wow, it's a crisis. Um, but anyways, we also have Ben Davidson on here tonight. He is our guest. This is he is the name of this particular show. Um, so Ben, would you like to take a couple minutes and just tell us about yourself, man? Sure. Hello, my name is Ben Davidson. I, <laughs> Hi, Ben. Yeah, I'll restate that, what you guys just said. <laughs> I just uh, graduated from Penn Hills High School, and I'm going to be going to Pitt to be uh, a mathematics major. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it yet. Might, mm-hmm. you know, go into teaching. Might. You were talking data science, possibly? Yeah, something like that. Something where I can crunch numbers and I'm not. Uh, doing anything too applied, you know. What does that once mean? You, once you start bringing science into things, it starts becoming less about the logical reasoning and more about just, you know, observations and stuff like that. So You like to provide the data, not analyze and or manipulate and or surmise from the data. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's well put. Yeah. Just the more numbery everything is... <laughs> That's a scientific uh, mathematical yes. term right yes. there. Uh, the more logical, you know, it tends to be the more puzzle-like, I should say. So, And that's what you like. Oh, for sure. For sure. Mm. So you mentioned the fact that you graduated from uh, the most underrated high school in the greater uh, United States, and that is Penn Hills. <laughs> and I always make the joke that if anything bad happens in Penn Hills, it makes the headlines. Mm-hmm. And if something bad happens somewhere else, they say, local school. Mm-hmm. But they never say the school mm-hmm. until the fifth paragraph. Tell me what it was like for you, a kid who graduated with a two point. What was it? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, four point uh, something. Sorry, okay, so <laughs> and who was in you know in the musicals, in the plays, in the band, all that kind of stuff. Tell me about what life is like at Penn Hills, and don't just make it happy, happy, joy, joy, because it is. Right. I mean, they're not lying when they say bad things happen. But I don't think people get an accurate understanding. So just give me your experience for the last four okay. years, high school, going to Penn Hills High School. Well, I've always felt uh, Penn Hills High School is just a place where everyone kind of accepts each other. That's the best part about it is I was uh, there was a kid who was coming to Penn Hills and he asked me how the bullying situation was. And he was coming from, you know, Did you slap him. let me demonstrate he was coming from you know a preppy private school Mm -hmm. so i explained to him i was like i've never you know really seen anything like that there Hmm. uh and there was one time i was at a district band event that was being hosted by penn hills we were all in the auditorium and the penn hills auditorium yes yeah 
and there it's super nice auditorium and mm-hmm. the girl next to me was talking about how nice it was and she goes oh yeah it's a it's a beautiful building but i wouldn't want to live here like the area mm-hmm. is super dangerous and like they all started talking about that not realizing i assume that you were no they had no idea yeah so uh they were like then they started talking about where everyone went (laughs) and uh they they were like where are you from and i was like oh this is this is my school and they're like do you feel safe here are you okay (laughs) like and you you know these are but i think that's important to point out because there are people listening to this Mm -hmm. and a lot of them you know, who went to Penn Hills mm. back in its heyday in the 70s, mm-hmm. and it's gone downhill. Like, they don't realize right. how safe of a school it is. No. And so it's important for you to point out, yeah, it is. Right. Yeah, they have, you know, all the necessary precautions. They have metal detectors and everything. But even so, like, that's not to say everyone's trying to sneak stuff into the school. Like, no. I don't. You're not walking around with a shank in your boot. No. Like, just because everybody else is. No, I'm not. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It's well put. Well, yeah. And um, bad things happen anywhere. And, you know, again, because of the reputation, I, I, I graduated, you graduated from Penn Hills, you know, and, and even in the 90s when I went, it was like, it was very, like, like you were saying, I'm so grateful that I graduated from Penn mm-hmm. Hills because there's, you, you have your education, but then you have your kind of like the street smarts that come into it, like the things that are going to make you more wise and practical in real life. And, you know, it is it, frustrating to hear other people right. from other places talk and about it like the that. mindset of, oh, I remember when I was younger, I loved this. So now it has to be terrible because I don't like it anymore. Like that's a popular mindset in many things. The good old days. The, exactly. Mm. Yeah, the golden era. So yeah, I can see how it would trickle into the Penn Hills life. And you've had great experiences, but you've been in plays and, and musicals and things oh, yeah. like that and oh, that, have, that so have contributed to the community. The voting, yes. Oh, yeah. The community at Penn Hills is great at the musicals there are so many alumni Mm. and people who've been there for a long time who just love helping out like our costume department you know they've they've been there and they they just love it and they're very very talented at it we won uh gene kelly award for uh best costume uh, a couple years ago for the adams family musical so Great musical. That was great. <laughs> what of all the performances you've been a part of, which one was your favorite to be a part of? Um, now that they're all done. My favorite to be a part of overall was The Addams Family. I would say that. My favorite role I ever played was Wadsworth and Clue. Oh. That was that was. My Do you favorite. have that anywhere that on like right? I'd like to see DVD that again. Or anything. I don't, I don't have it. I can see if someone else has it. Gosh, every time you checked your watch. <laughs> I peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That was like a role made for Ben. Yes. Yeah. That Wadsworth. Was. I can start calling him Wadsworth. <laughs> so with the theater department and the talk a little bit more about school, there is a subculture. Every school has different subcultures. And in the 50s, you know, it was the jock, the nerd, you know, and the burnout. That was the list. Mm-hmm. And now the term that they use and or they've always used is social stratification. That there's different levels. Mm-hmm. What are the different groups at Penn Hills? I mean, you have the band, you got, you know, how many do you think you could identify? You don't have to list them all, but yeah. I agree that it's not it's I feel like it's not really um like there's the band bubble, there's the 
There's Bubbles the a great term. bubble, right? It's not that sort of thing. It's more of a scale of popularity, but it's not. It's not necessarily popularity. I guess it's just how well known you are. Oh, in you the say school. popularity and visibility. Visibility. That's yes. That's a much better. Where word. did you scale fall on that? of visibility? Uh, probably not the most visible. Uh, Even though you're in band student. and performing and right, I, I, uh, you were the you were the band major for a while. I was while. Yeah, the drum, drum major, major for a while. Yes. full year. That was that was a very fantastic visible. time of my life. Um. Congrats. And that's sort of where the social stratification comes in because right. in your circle and your stratification, very visible. Right. The kid who is getting suspended, who was in a fight, who doesn't do much of his schoolwork, he doesn't know Ben Davidson because he's not coming to the play. Mm-hmm. He's not looking at the band. You know, so maybe within right. your bubble for, for your term. And and like you said, like like or like you always say, uh, there's always someone below you on the social <laughs> scale. And that is very accurate like you hear that and you you think that person (laughs) (laughs) so i'm i'm doing okay i'm still not the last guy on the bottom (laughs) rung of the ladder exactly and we are to speak for the family not for ben specifically but we are a family who fully accepts our nerddom Mm -mm. like we are (laughs) you mean we're not hiding it embrace Embrace. yes absolutely (laughs) embrace we own it mm-hmm. we live it we have a variety of things that make us nerds and mm-hmm. and we are okay with that <laughs> oh yeah because ben does like himself a board game <laughs> yeah you can say that again <laughs> ben does like himself a board game <laughs> so what do most what what do most other people do in your school that you're just not into and why um i would say i've uh, I've always found sport sporting events very boring. Um, Even though you support them like through oh, through band. Well, and... I love to get into. I love. I lo- I enjoy the social aspect of a football game. I'm like, yeah, let's go. They're making the touchdown. We're all in this together. <laughs> uh, especially when they had like the student section. And uh, again, going back to you know not being the bubbles. The marching band and the cheerleaders always got along very well. They were always super nice to us. But uh, what was your question? How much do you, <laughs> you don't care too much about sports? Boring oh, and repetitive. Right, right. Um, yeah. See, sports require uh, fine motor skills, which are something that I kind of lack. So I can't. I don't know. Even though you play multiple instruments, I was going to. That's fine motor skills. Brian, I was coming in with that. Mm, I would don't sell yourself short on that. Yeah, you're misdiagnosing yourself. It's hand-eye coordination that you're missing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, muscle memory I have. And, right, uh, that's true. Right. That's true. Or maybe Although even as desi- a maybe it's just the desire not to be like hit in the face with a football or another right. body or something. But even just like watching it. Yes, I was going to say. I feel like it's just you know it's it gets repetitive after a while. Like I've tried to get him into watching some disc golf with me and some NFL, and he just. Nope. But you'll play disc golf, though. Oh, and you enjoy yeah. that. I enjoy playing it, yeah. Hmm. I want to go just backwards for one second because you you touched on something, which was I find sports to be boring and repetitive. I go, okay, whatever. But I like sort of the, the theater of the football game. Mm. Like win or lose, you don't particularly care. No. And so I find that to be very consistent with band both now and really over. Like the band's more excited to be the band than to play for the football experience. Mm. However, 
like you said, you have a great relationship with the cheerleaders and even football players. Right. And that at the end of every Penn Hills home football game, everybody gets together and they sing the alma mater. And the student section and the football team comes over. That's such over. a cool tradition. Mm-hmm. And it only started like two or so, maybe three years ago. Oh, all right. But I think there is a common respect, and this goes back to what you said, is everybody at Penn Hills is very supportive of each other. And the fact that the biggest jock or the biggest – and the thing is there is a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. And so I think you you uh, have explained that very – a good aspect of Penn Hills very clearly through that experience. Um, so – Obviously, COVID's been a big part of our past year and a half. Um, you know, this was your senior year. Uh, obviously, COVID shut down the end of your junior year and really changed the way that your senior year was going to go. And um, we had Joe on um, a couple weeks ago, and Joe was so looking forward to the senior experience in the senior year. And again, it was it was kind of a bomb into all that. Um out of that, I guess, number one, you know, speak to that, how you feel like you went through the year, but also what do you do when things don't go your way? I mean, obviously that was not the way you wanted it to go because obviously, you know, I know you wanted a great senior experience. Well, once your expectations get lowered and lowered and lowered, <clears throat> you really start to get used to it oh. and everyone else starts being more upset than you around you. Or at least that's how I feel. Like everyone was like, I can't believe you don't get to do this. I can't believe you don't. I'm just over it at that point. I'm like, that's, that's life right now. I don't get to experience what a normal senior in high school would get to experience. And that's okay. And I think that is just kind of how I deal with those types of things. I, I'm pretty good at accepting what, my fate becomes um and Mm. but the one good thing that has come out of everything is there's not a lot of kids in school and that's that's not the good thing um but i wouldn't have been in school i would not have been waking up every day uh going to school if it wasn't for my tight-knit group of friends Mm -hmm. and we have become so close this year because school is lighter it was lighter this year and we were lighter what do you mean lighter just in, like, well the school work was lighter and we weren't there every single day mm-hmm. so uh every wednesday we would meet up and we would uh because wednesday was, wednesday was virtual day right like, like <laughs> right. you went monday tuesday thursday friday in class wednesday was virtual we'd do a little bit of school and a little bit of fooling around together um but where'd you do that Oh, the uh, Faith Community Church. Man, what a great church. Oh, that's oh, that, oh, that's where that new like disc that. golf course is, right? Yeah, there is a new yeah, disc golf course. So, but anyway, like that kept you oh, right. grounded yes. or... And it was amazing. The best part, the best news we got was when we found out that hybrid A and B, which were two separate groups of students that were coming in on different days mm-hmm. of the week, were combining and going four of the five days. Mm-hmm. And that made the four out of the six of us in our group who were hybrid. We all went to school together every single day we could. We all saw each other. The school was pretty empty for the most part. But we still, we just didn't care. We were together. We were in it together. It was it was more about the relationships than the experience. And the experiences helped mm-hmm. make the relationships. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say you were thankful that you at least you got to do the things you mm-hmm. got to do as opposed to I uh, not to make last year's seniors feel bad necessarily but mm. they they probably got a, right. a a more raw deal than than you guys did oh, even. Yeah. And not that, that not the comparisons are always healthy either but but I I have sensed in you 
this year a sort of um gratitude yeah just a just a, an enjoying well like you said you're, you're enjoying it for what it is is that fair to say yes yeah it, like our prom for example it didn't really have the feel of a prom where was it it was at heinz field uh it was inside the the stadium and it you know it was very nice there was food and everything but it it just you know the the general vibe of the dance didn't feel like a prom it felt more like a senior hangout but that's okay that it was fine and they had an area open up um in the stadium seating so you could go sit outside and it was just a beautiful night and even though you know it wasn't exactly what we had imagined it was kind of just this moment where we could all the senior class could sit outside and just sit under the same sky in this nice temperature weather just you know ah, just that's be. a beautiful take on that mm-hmm. that's awesome but i do have to ask were you sad that you didn't get to show off any of your dance skills <laughs> no <laughs> and that, you leave it at that that question <laughs> <laughs> So what, when you have talked about this year being, you know, hey, other people got more angry than you did, and you've described yourself in the past as being passive when mm-hmm. it comes to either conflict or not getting what you want, uh, not having your expectations met, why do you suppose that is? Like, why are you quick to be passive you um, know, and just simply accepting things for what they are? Have you always been that way? Um, I don't know. I I think I probably have been I don't think there's been any major life event that made me decide I was going to be more passive and less angry but I know we always talk about emotional hurts I don't want to get into that too early or no, anything. No, this is perfect timing. Okay, awesome. We talk about where hurts go. Yes, where right, where hurts go when your emotional needs are not met. There are four ways that uh that comes out. And anger is not mine. <laughs> that is not where that goes. Mine go to guilt. Hmm. So I like to put the blame on myself, if anything. So when there are these things that aren't going my way, uh, I'm not condemning myself because I don't have self-condemnation or anything. I'm not saying it's... You're not a terrible person. Right. It's just, if it's not my fault that it's not happening, I just am kind of okay with it, go with the flow. But sometimes I do say, oh, it's because of this specific thing. That's why I, I did the specific thing wrong. So that's why my need is not being met. Something like that. It can become logical. Right. Yes, exactly. And what happens when it's clearly not your fault? Do you make it your um, fault? It's clearly not my fault. I might get a little bit angry. I I wouldn't say I make it my fault. I. It can go to anger. Like, I'm, you know, it's not like I never get angry or anything like that. I can get upset. But it's just kind of, you feel kind of numb by the end of the year. Mm. You know, it's just not emotional, strong feelings in any way. You know? And that's true of not just a school year, but of seasons in life. Sure. You get to a point where, you know, I can't blame myself anymore. And that is what happens when our emotional cup, which is where our hurts go, gets full. Is, right. It's numb or what's the other one? Well, there's just numb is one of many things where our when we keep getting hurt and we're not comforted 
eventually our you know uh, figurative cup is full mm -hmm. and then all kinds of things come out of the top that could be drug abuse that could mm -hmm. be you know escaping into drugs poor sleep patterns overeating depression anxiety all those things come out of the top but numbness is definitely one of them mm -hmm. and, and very often what happens a lot which is a really good exciting happy topic to go into <laughs> um I want to talk. Well, did you have no, something you want no, to go, throw go, in? Go, go, go. Well, since we are, you know, we've we've opened the door on emotional needs and stuff. Um, I wanted to ask you, Ben, as a kid who has, I mean, now a young adult, but when you know when we first started going to faith community church and we met Jay and we started, you know, and he he's always been you know preaching and, and teaching on um, emotional and relational needs. Like, how has it? been for you and I, I guess you maybe we'll see if this question goes anywhere because you don't have a, a outside reference point you've just grown up with that but i'm curious on your take as far as maybe compared to um the way you deal with with relationships with friends and stuff compared to maybe how you see some other people deal with relationships um can can you feel a difference do you feel like you process things any differently sort of growing up the way you have and, and looking at things for these past several years I think I've grown up to be a very patient person. And I think, uh, you know, I have some negative qualities, but I think that is one of my best qualities is I am really good at watching people and trying to understand why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, again, a lot of that is because my when my emotional needs are not let, met, they go to guilt. So it goes to it's my fault that they're upset or they're acting this way um, because of a mistake I made mm. with dealing with them. That is where my mind would go first. But I just think it, especially learning about these emotional needs and being around so many gentle people who know how to deal with, in particular, even kids, um, it can be – it's just it's, – it's just – you know, you, you see these people who grew up with adults around them who just don't know how to, you know, treat kids. And I just it's so weird because uh, growing up, I feel like this is what I know. I know you see it on TV. You see the perfect families on the sitcoms. And then you look out one day and it just some switch flicks off in your brain and you can see that that's not how it is for every single person. And once you start going out into the world, you really start to see that. And I don't know. That's something that's started affecting me very recently that hmm. I've started to see more. Interesting. Looking at individuals' backgrounds and, and things oh, yes. and, and just their family life in particular, I guess. It, it really is incredibly well said by you because when you do start to, to grasp this and internalize it and it becomes a part of your life and your worldview, you know, when you're seeing the world through these lenses that we've talked about, you really do start to get just a, a very small sense of the devastation that the majority of people that you're around are living in every day, you know, especially as you as a young person, as a, as a, as a teenager, um, growing into adulthood, you see the immaturity in the adults in 
your peers' lives. They have no idea how to raise their kids or they, 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 they're doing the best that they can, but there's not that resolution when there's conflict. There's not that, that healing when there's hurt, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it, this is such an eye opening thing. And I can't believe that you get to see the world through these lenses at your age because it's going to give you such a leg up on so, so many things, um, in so many ways as you go forward. So that was really well said by you. So we have uh, the relational needs questionnaire, which anybody can take on uh, lunchtimeinroom.com. Mm-hmm. And you'll get an emailed response, not immediately, but shortly thereafter. Uh, ben, I was a little bit surprised that two of your three highest needs came out as encouragement, which is having somebody verbally believe in you. And I guess I wasn't as surprised as of encouragement, but your highest was support which is having somebody come alongside you and say, let me help you do this. Hmm. Give me some insight as to why you think you have a high need for support. And does that jive with what you would think you would have? Um, Yeah. Encouragement. I'm not so sure if I, if I feel like I would think I would have a very high need for encouragement, but I can kind of see it support. On the other hand, I, I love some good support. So I, I So like I, you like a group project versus doing a project all by yourself. Not necessarily. I like support when I need it, but I need it a lot. Like <laughs> if I'm if I'm doing like, for example, a project on like something I really like and something I feel like I'm I'm strong at. Like if I was doing a math project, I might not need support. I might feel like I I can do it by myself and I you know, just like to do that. But all the time, like, they'll tell you, my mom will tell you that if I'm sending an email to anyone, to anyone for anything, I will read it first and I will make her proofread it. I will have people spell check my things. Um, if I'm just planning for anything, I love when people make sure things are okay when they come and help me with my planning because uh, planning is not my strong spot, especially. Um, so, I, yeah, I love support. And I started to realize that more and more. I could see it. I could see why it was so high, for sure, support. Well, <laughs> that's interesting to me for – and I want to ask you a hypothetical or, or uh, as an example. But it's interesting to me that you say planning and your dad's a planner. Chris, you are – you're an administrator you have an administrative gift and so i think that that's translated over the years to ben helping him have that need for okay you see what your dad and he's come alongside you in a lot of cases to help develop you and help you do the things that you are trying to do in life let me ask you this a couple weeks ago two weeks ago a week ago whatever it was now we had the the baccalaureate um that you know it's a service at church and you had a kind of a leading role in that right you sang and i was able to uh to be a part of that as you're going into that somebody that needs support what was your expectations and how was that need met in that like i'm just trying to figure out how you needed support if that's one of your strongest things how did you need support in that particular kind of example um well, in the baccalaureate, I, I just wanted to get some practice in. So I would ask a lot for my parents to just practice so I could make sure I had my harmonies down and things like that. In the baccalaureate, though, um, I felt pretty confident for the most part in what I was doing. And I wasn't leading it. I wasn't planning anything. It was more I just came in and attended the 
service did what I needed to do. So I wouldn't say that's necessarily a situation where I felt like I really needed support. But you knew your role. Right. And and knowing that role, you needed other people to to be able to help you to develop into that role. And so you could embrace it in that moment. Yes. Yes. Um, I It was helpful to have uh, everyone around play their part in practice. Um, and I did appreciate the encouragement that I got from a lot of people in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were encouraging me and saying that I did a really good job singing and that they liked to hear me sing. Um, so that made me feel a lot better about things. We have a questionnaire for our teenage guests. As we, If you haven't figured it out yet, we have a teenager on once a month. And uh, Ben, you, you answered that the most difficult thing you've experienced most likely through life so far was the loss of your grandma. And when was that? That was about four years ago um, when I was in between middle school and high school uh, that, well, actually, uh, she passed uh, while I was in eighth grade that winter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And your third highest need is comfort. And comfort is a little bit different from other emotional needs in that you have to have it. Right. You know, if, if you don't want attention and you never get attention, great. But with comfort, that's the only way hurts are healed is through comfort. Can you think back to that time period? And was there anything or anyone that was able to give you comfort in that time period? We. And again, not just people saying, oh, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we get that. Of course, you right. say that. Right. That was probably the most I have ever seen of my mom's side of the family was during that period. So although it was such a strange time that I was seeing my grandmother go through all these things and I, you know, suddenly I'm this kid at my grandmother's funeral and you don't, you know, nothing can really prepare you for that. But it was just so there was such like a a beautiful um, upside to it. I should, I guess I could say that I got to be with that whole side of the family and we were all in it together and we all, you, you know, I, it's hard for someone outside the situation to know what it's like to be inside of it. But there were so many people inside the situation on the same boat who could really console each other and comfort each other. And it was just nice to be around that family and to have that experience. And so in that moment, you ended up not two things. You didn't, you ended up not feeling alone. Right. Oh, yes. Which is really, well, we talk about that a lot on this show, but I would add this. If I ask you about the passing of your grandmother, how quickly do you remember all the other family members being around? It's immediate. Right. And so that's the comfort of that family is attached. So you can't share the painful memory without remembering the comfort that it came with. I want to I want to wrap up, and you're welcome to add on anything else. Uh, your your uh, relational needs scores are all pretty grouped in there, nice and tight, except for your lowest, and that is respect. Uh, three points lower than any other score, six points lower than support. Does that make sense to you? And how does that apply uh, as far as where where does that fit in with? Hey, I don't really need respect. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. Um. I just, 
I, there are always going to be people out there that won't respect you no matter what you do. So I feel like why should I need it? Because there always will be people that will respect you as well. Um, and it's just not not something I feel like I've ever particularly needed. Uh, and sometimes, uh, of course, being in guilt, I feel like I don't really deserve mm. all that much mm. respect. Um, but, yeah, I just... Doesn't move the needle. No, I just don't really I feel attached to it. And I have to add on that, ironically... You know, when I looked at these scores and saw that, I I realized you know how you know how that fits into his personality, and <laughs> I think I read his low need for respect as almost like this sort this self confidence in him, like he's not phased when things don't necessarily go his way, um, you know when when things like he 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 has this very even keel about him, and <laughs> so the ironic part is that I have so much respect for ben in that that part of his his approach to to life and his personality and um and he doesn't even need it it's useless it's useless respect i have for you ben (laughs) (laughs) which is also interesting in that that is one of your highest emotional needs right and so maybe that i don't know yes and i i think i respect in him what I see as this self-confidence that I don't have, that I'm always drawing on, like, well, why, why, why is this person disrespecting me, or why do I, you know, this, this, that wasn't and ben right. Ben just goes skipping by. Yeah, he's just like, whatever, bro. Like, like, and I admire that in him. Yeah. And how confidence. does that, how does that relate to the only flaw that Ben Davidson has, <laughs> and that would be his uh, perhaps absent-minded. And or at times lack of preparedness. How does your high need for respect and your no need for respect, Ben, how does that play out in the, oh, yeah, I have an assignment due tomorrow. It's a 20 page paper. I'll start it in a little bit. Or, hey, we're getting ready to leave, whatever else. How does that play out with regards to respect or does that have nothing to do with respect? You want to answer or you want me to go? Why don't you go? Okay. <laughs> well, I respect you, Father. Yeah. You the, answer. The funny, yep. yeah, right. No, the funny thing is, um, that level of uh, that that habit of procrastination that Ben has totally comes from me. And I I was laughing inwardly earlier when Brian was saying that. Oh, your dad's a, a Ben. Your dad's a, a planner, administration. And a, right? And organizing organizing things. I was not like that at all when I was younger. If my parents are listening to this broadcast, uh, this podcast, for you know, some reason right now, they would be like, who is Brian talking about? That cannot possibly be Chris, because that that was not me at all. That is something I have had to force myself to do and that I appreciate now, like, because it keeps me from, like, losing my mind in in procrastination and and just getting behind which ties into the the anxiety right right it's it's an anxiety buffer or that's it yeah you're you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. um but so to get back to the point when ben procrastinates on a school project or something it is amy's um whether it's sense of respect or just (laughs) sense for normalcy or security right Mm. secure there you go yeah um she is the one that is driven crazy Amy, by Amy, it. Amy is your wife. She is my wife. mother. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. For anybody who didn't know that, thank you. Um, she is the one who is driven crazy by that. And I am more like... 
I take on the guilt. I take on the guilt of, oh, it's because of me. <laughs> it's all because of me. Not that you could have helped him with the project. You just passed on that gene. That's right. Yeah. Maybe I could use some support. <laughs> and my brain doesn't go there. We're not very compatible, apparently. No. <laughs> ben, anything else you want to add that people need to know about you or about life of a graduating senior? Um, I, I guess I could say, um, speaking of planning, uh, I'm very excited for college and for the next chapter of my life. But right now, I just I love the summer. And I just want to mm-hmm. sit in it, and I don't want to move on yet. Um, but so it all stresses me out. When I get stressed out by something ahead of me, I like to not think about it. So that I think is where my procrastination comes from. And I just have to push through, and I have to you know, check my emails. I have to you know, fill out all the forms and things. So well, Ben, as you transition into that time know that we will be there to support you and help you with that so that we're you know so that you're not feeling all of that pressure as you enter college life here here oh, thank you all of us too ben as far as uh college and we're excited to see where you go as far as high school i would say there's no way you could do better can't do it do better this is the segment where we talk about do betters. And we find out what emotional needs are either met or not met in the process or it's just a really Dumb story. <laughs> we'll find it. We'll find it. Dateline. Ding. Philly. Oh, ding. Ugh. Well, yeah, there it is. Do no better. shirts, pants, or undies needed on Philly bike ride. Just a mask. Oh. <laughs> and a good seat. <laughs> Philadelphia bike riders won't need their shirts, pants, skirts, or even underwear. Just a mask. As in a COVID mask. Organizers of the annual Philly Naked Bike Ride say this year's event will take place on August 28th and August 28th and will require masks based on the city's earlier coronavirus restrictions. So people are going to go out naked and ride around Philadelphia on bikes naked, which, which but have to wear a mask. Isn't technically legal. I don't know how they're going to do that. But it's like an annual thing, you said. It's an annual I thing. I don't get it. Philly, I don't that get it. That was annual. And <laughs> anus. Whoa. Somehow. I don't know. I was going with the anal. All right. uh, <laughs> uh, I would say uh, respect, security. There's a lot missing from that story. Uh, common sense. I don't know. That's, common sense is an emotional I, need, but attention. that's cool. Attention. Uh, so I'm not much. saying I want to see a picture or anything. You don't. I don't. But... But yet the image. <laughs> well, that's a. Pe- she doesn't have a mask on. Well, I don't know. It's Phil- who knows. Man. But, but that's Phil. But you know the image in my head of somebody just riding down the street with nothing on and yet wearing a mask, a mask. is yeah, yeah, that's something. Right. It's like being naked with only socks. You feel more naked. <laughs> you feel more naked. Wow. Uh, wow. Some insight there, Ben. Okay. My goodness. Dateline. San Francisco. Oh, Dang. boy. Uh, help me find this couple. This person, uh, It's they tweeted out, I was out at the Sutro Baths. Don't be perverted. It's part of the sea. In San Francisco, when we started suspecting a proposal about to happen. So we prepped my camera just in case. And it happened. I got these photos of it and didn't want to ruin their moment and hoped I would later find them through here. And then 88,000 retweets. 
4,000 quote tweets and 682,000 likes later. Wow. They found the couple and they forwarded the pictures to them and gave them that special moment without having to barge in and have these people say, hey, I saw you propose. So on the one hand, can't do better. Right? That That's is above what Twitter and beyond. is for. That's really what Twitter should be for. It is. And then people commented. So uh, are you some sort of a perv that oh, all you do is watch other people commented <sighs> and said, why are you seeking attention by posting us on Twitter? If you were there taking a picture, why didn't you just go to them? Others said it isn't your place to take their picture, that if they wanted someone to take a picture, that they would have brought a photographer. To which this person did kindly. This person's a saint, by the way, because with each person saying things like that, they just responded. And they said, in fact, they did have a photographer there. And that was one of the best shots I got was of the photographer taking pictures of them. An inception picture. And we just didn't want to insert ourselves into their story. Mm. So on the one hand, can't do better. A, getting the picture. B, Pursuing Twitter coming through right. and helping right. them out and connecting them Yay, and Twitter. them being very appreciative. On the other hand, yeah, do, do better armchair quarterback society mob. I, Thanks. That is one of my least favorite uh, trends right now is the you can't do something good without somebody else criticizing some aspect of it. Hate is going to hate. Yeah, it's just ugh. which is a need for attention and a, t- and a need for respect. That they just want to be heard and they want theirs to be the defining voice. And so much anger. I saw so much within one week. I saw somebody say, if you celebrate this holiday, then you're a bad person. And then it was, if you don't celebrate this holiday, you're a bad person. Same person, Mm. same Ah. holiday. Mm -hmm. But either way, you are a bad person. And I'm not going into details. But, and I thought, wow, they're that not aware of themselves. Right. But sometimes there's those who can't do better. Right. And I'm going to end with one of those. And this is sort of a lighthearted can't do better, but it also, you can't do better than this. Scientists have figured out how to instantly cure hiccups. I mean, people have been looking for years, like trying different things. You know, is it the scare thing? Is is it the hold your breath thing? Mm -hmm. Is it the drink water upside down thing? Right. How about you just don't hiccup? (laughs) And you know what? Did you ever think of that? As a side note, as I've gotten older... Hiccups hurt. I've not hiccuped, I don't think, in oh, 20 years. For you. I've not hiccuped in 20 years. I mean, they're I was, rare. I thought that's, I thought that's what right. you were going to say. I saw you nodding. No, this for me, it's, I mean, they're rare. But when I, man, when I was a kid, it was just silly hiccups. Like chronic hiccups over and over and over. Now it's hurting you? Now it hurts, man. It like yeah. hurts in my chest and stuff. It's, it's no fun. So these people have created a drinking straw. Hmm. Uh, so far, it has been stopping. That's, that's been invented. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is the straw you're known. talking about? So it stops 92% of attacks on the spot so far, like immediately, huh. pretty much. It's an L-shaped drinking straw requiring a certain amount of suction that actually is more than a human can produce. So basically, you, you put it into a cup of water and <laughs> you you try to drink like a normal straw. But because you are using so much force, mm-hmm. you are exercising... Uh, your diaphragm, or st- exercising might be the wrong word, but um, engaging, engaging. Thank you. Your diaphragm and your—I'm going to find it. 
dun, 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 your phrenic nerve. Oh, yeah, yeah. And those are the two things that cause hiccups, apparently. Hmm. So because you are engaging them both, I don't know how long exactly you have to, to use the straw, but it, it doesn't say specifically, but it... 30 I'm, days in a row. No, I no, I think they say instantly. So it's like less than a minute, let's say, that you are sucking on this straw, trying to drink water, but not actually getting the water because it's a different kind of straw, and then your hiccups are gone. You've engaged the phrenic nerve and the diaphragm, Jay. And I think that would meet your need for security because every time I get the hiccups, which also not very often, I do wonder, am I going to be that guy who has them for like 20 years? Get book of world records. Here I come. Right. But also, I would say that would be support, wouldn't you, Ben? Somebody coming along and helping you not hiccup. Yes, absolutely. Does that give you great comfort to know that there is somebody out there designing good uh, uh, inventions like that? Support Oh, that gives me great comfort. Oh, good. And these drinking straws cost $15, but for somebody who gets hiccups fairly regularly, man, I would do it. If If that was me... I would do it. 15 bucks. Absolutely. Can't do better than that. And that's how we like to end it. And that's it for episode 118. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media. And please visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you also can take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Oh, man. I got to get stuff done. My first attempt at breasts, I, I had switched to like thighs and legs because I was like, breasts are always too dry, right? Because we do, we, I'll speak as a team, just the more numbery everything is, uh, there's always someone below you on the social <laughs> scale. And that is very accurate. I'm like, yeah, let's go. They're making the touchdown. We're all in this together. <laughs> It's useless. It's useless respect I have for you, Ben. She doesn't have a mask on. It's like being naked with only socks.